Um, I, I want to um, speak to you this morning. I want to read a couple of verses from Acts chapter 4. In Acts, I've got a, just a real word that's burning on my heart this morning, but I don't want to, I want to try and keep it as short as possible because I believe that God wants to do some stuff this morning. Um, in Acts chapter 4, the apostles have been arrested um, for uh, preaching and praying in the name of Jesus. They've been put on trial by the religious leaders who've let them go. They come back together and they have a prayer meeting. And Acts chapter 4 gives us a little bit of an insight into what the apostles prayed. I think a great bit of homework is to go through the New Testament and actually look at what the apostles prayed for. And look at what Jesus prayed for. I think sometimes you'll find that a lot of the stuff that we pray in our prayer meetings, they didn't even bother to mention. Um, and some of the stuff that we don't bother to mention was actually right at the heart of their prayers. Um, you know, if we want apostolic fruit, we have to pray apostolic prayers. And so here it gives is a bit of an insight into how the apostles prayed. We've not got, we're not going to read the whole thing because it's, it's a bit of a, a lengthy prayer. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, this is what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. Can we say that together this morning? Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders. Let's say that bit. Perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let's say that bit together. Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Jesus. That's what they prayed. They prayed, God, give us boldness so that we can preach the gospel. And then, God, would you stretch out your hand to heal, to perform miracles, to perform signs and wonders. And notice the response from heaven to their prayer. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Do you get the impression that maybe God was putting a big fat yes to their prayer? Do you think that God was actually, yeah, come on, that is the kind of prayer that I'm waiting for a church to pray. That is the kind of prayer that I am longing to answer. God was, it's like God was so excited that a church was praying this that he shook the prayer meeting. It says the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. And then you skip down a few verses. It says the apostles, chapter 5, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. Say, all of them were healed. Hallelujah. Jesus, would you stretch out your hand? to heal, to do miraculous signs and wonders in your name. Come on, someone. 
Um, you know, I was thinking about some of the incredible miracles that I've been privileged to witness. I, I remember uh, one of the most powerful uh, miracles that I saw was in Rotherham, of all places. Um, some of you know Pastor Eddie Dext. I was at his church, and uh, and um, some of you may know Luke Vardy, who's a, as an evangelist in, in, up in Goole. And his mom was in a healing service that I was doing at Liberty Church in Rotherham. And about seven years previously, she'd had an accident at the swimming baths that had left some of the bones in her back broken. Um, it had been misdiagnosed for, for quite some time, and it, it had left her in a terrible state. She was lame in one leg. She was partially lame in the other leg. There were all kinds of internal injuries that had left her doubly incontinent. Um, she had developed uh, very severe diabetes. Um, she needed a mobility scooter to get around. She needed a harness to get in and out of bed. She was in a real mess, and she came hobbling to the front of that prayer meeting, and I I just laid hands on her and the power of God touched her and she hit the floor, which caused everyone who knew what was wrong with her a real panic. Um, I had no idea what was wrong with her. Um, but after a few moments, she got up totally healed by the power of God. Um, she regained full mobility in her legs. Uh, the diabetes went. Uh, the, all the internal injuries went completely miraculously healed. She went to see the doctor to get it all confirmed. And the doctor who'd seen her many times over the years had tears running down her cheeks saying, this can only be a miracle from God. Um, I remember being in a, in a service in Argentina praying for a young girl who was about probably 17, 18 years of age, but was probably not much taller than, than Judah. She was, uh, she had been um, born with um, an injury uh, that had left her legs all kind of twisted and, and uh, messed up so she'd never grown properly and she had these kind of braces on her legs and as she kind of hobbled forward her legs were all twisted as she came to the front and I laid hands on her. She was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, fell to the floor and so I knelt down and began to pray and as I was praying I could hear the bones in her body cracking back into place and we, we took the leg braces off and she went what it was it we were in a basketball stadium and she walked around that stadium completely healed by the power of God um, I remember on that same same trip praying for a lady in a um, in the street um, who was deaf and mute um, this woman um, I'm, I'm not very good with ages, but I would say she was probably mid to late 40s. Uh, she was deaf and mute, and I didn't know at the time. I, I probably It's one of those where you're glad you don't know the whole story when you're praying, because uh, it might have discouraged your faith a little bit. But I didn't know that she had been deaf and mute from birth. And we prayed for her, laid hands on her. The power of God touched her. Both of her ears popped open. Her tongue was loosed. The first word she ever said was the name of Jesus. And this woman totally healed of deafness and muteness. Come on, someone. Um, last, last week I was in um, Orlando and I got to visit the uh, head offices of Shape the Nations, evangelist Nathan Moritz. And we were kind of reminiscing about some of the meetings that Nathan did at what was New Life Church. And we were up in, in Barnsley at the time and we traveled down to those services, uh, initially at Bridlington Avenue, then um, at the, the City Hall in the center of Hall. Was anybody in any of those services? 
Um, yeah, you know, I, I, we were talking about, you know, Nathan did a pastor's meeting um, and there was a woman who had snuck into the pastor's meeting um, who was in a wheelchair. And right in the midst of that meeting, this Nathan prayed for this woman and she got out of the wheelchair and began to walk around uh, Bridlington Avenue, totally healed by the power of God. I think, was that the woman who... Um, she was checked into a hotel and so she left the hotel to come to the meeting in the wheelchair and imagine the shock on the staff of the hotel when she walked into the meeting a couple of, uh, walked into the hotel lobby a few hours later completely healed by the power of God I think there was another guy who uh, and some of you know the stories more than me who was in the city hall meetings in a wheelchair got out of the wheelchair totally healed by the power of God was there something like 30 deaf ears over a period of time, maybe more, opened by, by the power of God. And there are people here in this meeting who have experienced extraordinary miracles of healing. It's what he does, amen? Um, I think one of the most tragic verses in the, in the Old Testament, God, there were two generations. There was a generation of Moses that knew what it was to see the power of God. They saw plagues on Egypt. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw God come down um, in fire on Mount Sinai. They saw the manna come from heaven. They saw in all kinds of incredible signs, wonders, miracles. That generation die. Another generation come through Joshua. And again, this generation are experiencing the power of God. They see the angel of the Lord turning up. They see the walls of Jericho coming down. They see God leading the, the, them into battle and, and king after king is defeated. So you've got two generations who walk and experience and see the miraculous power of God. But then you get to the book of Judges and it says after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. A whole generation grew up who had never seen the miraculous power of God at work. And that generation fell into idolatry because religion will not keep you. Only the presence and power of God. And there is something that grieves me deeply and that it's we've got a whole generation growing up who have never seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit I don't want to live on the stories of Nathan being here seven years ago I don't want to live on the stories of something that happened when I was in Argentina five years ago there's a generation right now, and I thank God, this was the Holy Spirit that our kids are in this meeting this morning. And I don't know how, what, you, what you're picking up or understanding, but as adults, we, it is our duty to press in for a move of God so that you grow up knowing what it is. I want my kids to know what it is that you do not come to church to sing a few songs and listen to a talk and go home. I want my kids to know we go to church and people get out of wheelchairs. 
we go to church and someone stands up with a scan saying, here's the tumor, here's the new tumor, here's the new scan, no tumor. I want, it, I want us to know, I want my kids to know what it is that people uh, leave their, their, their walking sticks at the door and walk out completely healed. To know what it is for blind eyes to open and deaf ears to open. Can someone say amen this morning? It says in Acts 10.38 that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus and the apostles saw sickness and disease as a direct conflict between kingdoms. When they saw someone that was sick, diseased, in pain, they saw that as a fruit of a fallen world that was under the influence of Satan. And they did not ignore it. They didn't dismiss it. Neither did they just show sympathy. They recognized that they were there with a mandate from heaven to heal the sick and to break the power of the enemy that was keeping people in sickness and bondage and pain. And if something was important to Jesus, who knows it should be important to us. Who, who, who knows, if something was important to Jesus, it should be important to the church. Come on, someone. And if you, if you were to go through the Gospels and just highlight all the miracles, all the healings, all the signs and wonders, who knows, there would be a lot of underlining. Let me just uh, pick out just one or two verses, because I want you to see the heart of Jesus for the sick. Um, th this is what it says in Matthew 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Someone say compassion. And he healed their sick. It, it didn't say, you know, oh, he, it didn't say kind of he, he went around, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm a bit under the weather today. And he was like, oh, well, never mind. It says he was moved with compassion. And that word compassion in the Greek, it means there was a, a, an internal um, moving. It was, it was like a, something deep on the inside of him that caused him to act and move and minister the power of God. Um, in Mark 7, he ministers for a, to a deaf man. And it says that Jesus looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh, said to him a pathro, which means be open. When Jesus was confronted with this man that was deaf, the, 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 the compassion was so strong within him that he let out a sigh, he let out a groan and ministered the power of God. I think one of the, the challenging scriptures in Mark 3, wonder what you think about this. Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Put it in our language, Jesus is in church on a Sunday. And there is a man there with a paralyzed hand. For all we know, that man came to church every week. And no one even thought to pray for him. In fact, they were looking at Jesus 
to see if he would pray for him because they knew that that would be an excuse to attack Jesus for doing it on the Sabbath. In other words, they would rather this man stay sick than their religious gathering get messed up. And notice the response of Jesus. It says, he looked around at them in anger and was deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Could it be that when sick people are in church and the church doesn't do something about it, that makes Jesus angry. Could it be that actually we could go through a nice service this morning and not even consider ministering healing and it actually causes Jesus to be distressed? Imagine that. Jesus was distressed. Wow. Because there was one of his kids was in need of healing and none of his people did anything about it. Now, there's a, there's a word that's been really burning on my heart um, the last few weeks and it's the word contend. Can everyone say contend? Jude 1 verse 3. Jude says this. I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints. And I believe right now we're in a, in a place where we, and, and Chris touched on this a few weeks ago when he was praying about, uh, you know, kind of spiritual warfare in, in the area of particular of a cancer and other kinds of sickness. I believe we're, in a, we're in, a, a, in, in, a, in a day right now where we need to contend for some stuff. We need to contend for the miraculous. We need to contend for breakthroughs in healing. We need to contend for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, the word contend, what does that mean? It means you're going to have to fight. It means you're going to have to push through. It means that you're going to have to enter into some warfare until you get the breakthrough. I'm so glad again those songs this morning all about warfare and fighting and getting the victory. Because I believe we we got to do this. It's not, a, it's not enough to talk about what happened seven, eight years ago. We, some, some of our kids weren't born then. We've got to press in right now and contend for an outpouring with signs, wonders, miracles, healings. Uh, the fact that you have to contend means that you're in a battle. It's a fight. Let me just real quickly tell you three stages um, of, and this can apply to individuals, it can apply to ministries, it can apply to churches. Three stages of moving in the miraculous or healing or three levels of authority. Um, the second one, we'll come back and kind of circle back to the first one. The second one would be the gift of healing. When a church is ministering the gift of healing, that means that they have reached a level of breakthrough 
and a level of authority in healing where healing and miracles, signs and wonders is the norm. That you come to church with an expectancy that when they lay hands on me, something's going to happen. A church that is moving in that gift of healing, there are regular testimonies of healings, miracles, breakthrough. They, they've, they've come to a level of authority in God where laying hands on the sick and seeing miracles is something that is regularly happening. Amen? We want to get there, right? Do you know, there is a higher level than that. And that's what I would call presence healings. And that's when no one is even laying hands on people, but just the atmosphere is so thick with God that healings and miracles just happen. I was in a church service a couple of Sundays ago where I was just teaching a little bit on worship. And uh, just at the end of the service, just said, right, let's just sing to the Lord. And we had about 20 minutes of the congregation just singing in tongues and worshiping. And in that atmosphere, suddenly someone was like, uh, my dislocated back has just clicked back into place. Someone else was, oh, my, my neck, my shoulder um, has just been healed. Presence healing. For me, that is the ultimate of where we want to get to, where it's God just supernaturally moving. But how you steward the gift of healing determines whether you break through into that third level of presence healings. But before you can even get to the gift of healing stage, there is a contend for miracle stage. That's when you're praying for the sick and not a lot happens. That's when you're praying for the sick and it's, it's almost in hope rather than a real gift of faith. And many times in those, when, it, when we're at that level, we give up. But I believe that if we can learn to contend and fight and press and break through when not a lot has been happening, then we can push through into gift of healing stage. And then if we can steward that correctly, we can push through into presence stage. And I'll be really honest with you, I think we're in the contending stage right now. Where not a lot has happened for a number of years. But we have got to press through that apathy. We've got to fight that disappointment. We've got to fight those devils. We've got to fight um, th that, that hard, uh, the heavens being like brass. We've got to fight through all the disappointments of we prayed for someone last week and nothing happened. We've got to press through all that. Well, I've been out 15 times and nothing happened. If in that stage you can press through with faith, with tenacity, with determination, then you can get a breakthrough in healing and stuff will begin to happen. Can someone say amen? Someone say it's time to contend. Someone say it's time to fight. Real quickly, you know, there are some people in the Gospels, healing happened easily. You know, the guy with leprosy comes to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus was just like, I'm willing, and that's it. Who knows, that's pretty easy. 
one guy, I mean, the, guy, the centurion servant comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, will you come to my house, pray for my servant that's sick? Jesus said, I don't even need to bother coming to the house. I mean, talk about an ease. But do you know what? There were some other people who really had to contend for their breakthrough. Think of the woman with the issue of blood who was faced with a huge crowd. And what does the Bible say? She pressed through the crowd. She pressed through the obstacle. She pressed through um, all the people that were gathered around Jesus. She pushed them all aside and just touched the hem of his garment. That was contending for her miracle. You think of, you remember the Gentile woman whose daughter had a demon and she came to Jesus and asked for healing and Jesus ignored her. And when, but she kept asking. And then Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. But she kept asking. Not only has Jesus ignored her, who knows that's rude. Then he called her a dog, who knows that's even worse. But each time she wasn't offended. She wasn't discouraged. She didn't give up. She contended for a miracle for her daughter. And finally, she, she said, Lord, even the, even the, the dogs get the, the crumbs from the, from the children's bread. And Jesus said, wow, for that answer. You've got, she had to press through for it. She had to fight for it. What about the, the paralyzed guy whose four friends brought him to church and the church was too full to get their friend in? They didn't say, oh, well, we'll, come, we'll bring you back next week. The, one of them said, get me a hammer. And they climbed up on the roof with the guy on the mat and they started to hammer through the roof. Mess, sweat, inconvenience, the full works just to get their friend to the feet of Jesus where he could get a miracle. Come on, someone. They contended for their miracle. Think of blind Bartimaeus sat by the side of the road. He hears that Jesus is there. He begins to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the response of the rest of the church was not, go for it, brother. It was, shut up. We're trying to listen to the sermon. But it says he shouted all the more. He shouted even louder. He fought. He was determined. I am not letting Jesus leave town without me getting my miracle. Uh, it's, I'm not letting Jesus leave Jericho without me getting my breakthrough. And it says, I think one of the most moving statements in the Gospels, Jesus stopped. The cry of this determined man literally caused the Son of God to stand still. And he called Bartimaeus to him. Sometimes you've got to fight. Sometimes you've got to contend for your breakthrough. One final scripture. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 12. Would anybody else like Peter's anointing? where people were healed by his shadow. I mean, can you imagine people are healed through your life without you even trying? Who knows that's not fair. <laughs> and I wonder if Paul thought it wasn't fair as well. Because this is what Paul says. 
the things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, and miracles were done among you with great perseverance. In other words, for Peter, it was almost like just this natural thing. He just walks around the street and people are paralyzed, people are walking, blind eyes are opening. But Paul didn't find it so easy. He had to fight for it. He had to contend. He had to persevere. That means there were times when Paul must have laid hands on people and not, not had, you know, this incredible faith. He was doing it more in hope. But he, he persevered. There would have been times when Paul prayed for people and nothing happened, but he persevered. And I love it. It says signs, wonders, and miracles were done. They were done. It might have taken him a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting. It might have taken him some real battles with some demons, but in the end, they were done. And church, we may have to persevere a little bit. We might have to fight a little bit. But I'm determined we're going to get some stuff done. Anyone with me?